Welcome one and all to Talk About It, a podcast by teens for teens, giving teens a platform to discuss the issues that matter to them. Be mental health, music, social issues, sports, anxiety, COVID-19 and so much more. My name is Amelie, the host of this show, and I invite you to settle in to what I think will be a very exciting episode of Talk About It. Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all to another episode of Talk About It. This is an episode I've been so excited about for quite a while now. This week I'll be talking to some young filmmakers about their COVID-19 inspired short films that are part of the Fresh Film Festival this year. Now, I understand that COVID-19 is something we're all sick of hearing about it. I know. (laughs) Wherever we go, whatever we do, we are starkly reminded that this is a part of our everyday lives and it can suck. But I promise you, the conversations I'll be having with these rising Irish stars will make you realise that there is hope, love and creativity and it will prevail in the darkest of times. My first song of this episode is by the 16-year-old singer Ashley Malarkey. She has sent me her beautiful cover of the song Scars to Your Beautiful, originally by Alessia Cara. Ashling's voice, I think, suits this song so well. You can give her a follow on her Instagram page at Ashley Malarkey Music if you want to hear some more lovely covers by her. As always, her page will be shared on my own Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast. So this is it. Scars to your beautiful by Ashley Malarkey. She just wants to be beautiful. She goes unnoticed. She knows no limits. She craves attention. She praises an image. She prays to be sculpted by the sculptor. Oh, she don't see the light that's shining. Deeper than the eyes can find it. Maybe we have made a blind soul She tries to cover up the pain And cut her woes away Cause cover girls don't cry After the face is made But there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark You should know you're beautiful just the way you are And you don't have to change a thing the world could change heart no scars to your beautiful we're stars and we're beautiful oh Change its heart, no scars to your beautiful star. 
So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome my first interviewee of the podcast, Aoife Rees. Aoife is a 17-year-old filmmaker who has made short films about mental health and her newest one about COVID-19. She's here today to talk about one of her latest short films, A Guide to the End of the World, that won third prize in the Fresh Film Festival. Thank you so much for joining me today, Aoife, and congratulations on your tremendous win. Hello, um, thank you so much. You're um, welcome. Really wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and how are you? How are you today? Um, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm just kind of overloaded with loads of work. I had to, I had to do a lot of writing over the weekend for this article, and everything is just kind of bit up in the air now. And I've got like a radio interview tomorrow, and then another podcast interview on Wednesday. So it's all um very go go go. That's brilliant. <laughs> like I'm, You're a popular so person, so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so my first question I guess would be what was your favorite thing about recording A Guide to the End of the World because it's such a unique film and I just loved watching it thank you um well my favorite thing was definitely um like the set um I just loved the whole like kind of atmosphere on set and the the way the um the hope the way all my all the shots looked in the locations and um how they looked and they just like my favorite part was definitely when we were filming the sunset in the huge field it was just there's something like so magical about it it's like the sunset and it's like it's such a perfect evening for it as well you know yeah and it was it was such a, a dreamy film and it was so creative I loved it how did you come up with the idea for the film um well it's kind of funny really because I was watching Wally um because that one of my favorite childhood films and not many people know this that the film is actually um like I like to think of the film being split into half about COVID and then half was just inspired by Wally because I found myself relating to the robot that was left on the like end of the world and I was like oh poor yeah. Wally he's so isolated and I was like hang on I I'm kind of relating to Wally right now <laughs> so it's kind of and then, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, well, that's, basically. That's great to get inspiration from from other films. That's such a great idea. And tell me, why do you like making films? Why, why do you make them? Especially about the mental health, because you have a, a film called Blue and Dear Naomi that are based on mental health. And I was just very interested in why you make films about that. Um, well, I make films on them because, um, first of all, Dear Naomi was a letter to someone who's grieving over the person who had, like, unfortunately passed away due to suicide. And I, while, while doing research about, like, suicide videos, I realised that most of them focused on the person and they all followed the same kind of storyline, whereas person is depressed and then in the end, like, the conclusion would be the like the aftermath of like the suicide and you'd never really focus in on your loved ones around you after and how they're affected so that's where I went with Dear Naomi it was kind of like a different perspective on the impact of suicide which I felt was really needed at the time because I wrote it when I was in third year and I produced it that summer before just before I turned 16 and I was like I was heavily impacted by the news that I heard because the suicide rates were so high when I was in third year in um in where I live Wexford and mm -hmm. I just found it like why aren't people speaking up about it so I decided to speak up about it myself and yeah that's where Dear Naomi came from and then Blue was kind of um it was kind of a collaboration video where I I got people to send in their thoughts about online school and 
you know, as they said, uh, and, and as the words came up on the screen, like the isolation, feeling like every day is the same. Those aren't actually my words. Those are words from people who watch my films. So it was a very, very much collaborative process. And I try to incorporate that as much as I can in my films. So they give not just me a personal film, but for everyone watching, they can sit back and be like, hmm, yeah, this is this is something I relate to. And, you know, it's I think it's important for people to relate to the movies they watch because you know it would more likely to leave an impact on them you know yeah that's amazing and I'm so amazed that you said about Dear Naomi because I watched the film and I was not gonna lie quite emotional afterwards because that was one of the reasons why I, I started this podcast because back in November there were two teenagers in my local area who had uh, passed away due to suicide but it really impacted me and I saw how like you said it was it the numbers were so high and I just didn't realize that you know we didn't talk about mental health as much and that's what I'm trying to get across in the show I suppose um mental health and the importance of it and the importance to to speak about it so I'm so delighted that other people are you know doing that as well and and sharing that so that's so great to hear thank you so in your film, To the Guide of the End of the World, the character Jamie Fall finally shows her true self when no one else is around. And do you feel like that is something we, we do as teens? We hide ourselves from, from the rest of the world? Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say we hide each other. We, we wouldn't hide ourselves, but we definitely do kind of um, like mask who, who we are sometimes, most of the times. And I know some people are more affected that by others and like people are really put under pressure about like they put themselves under so much pressure to fit in and feel normal where it just shouldn't be a thing and thankfully I've never really felt the impact of like kind of um kind of not I don't I don't really I'm not a real trend follower and I haven't really ever been I've just kind of always done my own thing and that that's mainly thanks to my parents because they kind of let me wear whatever I want so I was never really kind of put into some kind of box that I had to kind of abide by I was kind of free to do my own thing and I'm really grateful for that because I believe like I do express myself every single day and I'm not scared to post about whatever I want like I make films about topics that other people would find like a bit wrong or taboo and it's like why are you speaking about this and I'm like because it's just a normal part of life and it should be kind of normalized um and I believe Emma did such a great job of portraying the um, the kind of liberty of being yourself. She is such an amazing actress, and I am so grateful for her because she really like did Jamie fall justice in the way portraying of Jamie being herself. And she does say that uh, be yourself when people are alive because it's no fun to for like I I've forgotten the script, but like she says, it's no fun. Um, when no one's there to see how hot you are and like yeah it's like be yourself so people can look at you and admire you for you you know that kind of thing because no one's gonna well you could have admirers but like you're more like I personally admire people who are truly themselves because I think that's the most beautiful thing you can do it's be unapologetically yourself and it's as long as as well as being yourself you also get you know the freedom and the the kind of empowerment of just not caring about anyone else's opinion only yours you know there's some kind of there's some kind of different feeling that you get when you do that compared to when you look like everybody else I suppose no definitely I I really agree with that to to portray who you who you really are is such it's a scary thing sometimes and it can be very daunting for certain people. But I think if we all grew to, like, like you said, you said it so well that if we all grew to, you know, just not put ourselves in a box, then, you know, what an amazing place it would be. Yeah. And then like the thought, the, um, I also saw so much people posting being like, oh, I felt like people finding themselves um, during the course of the pandemic because they weren't in school. And obviously with school, you have uniforms. So like over the pandemic, people were able to kind of, you know, find themselves without putting the pressure on them to be like, oh no, 
so-and-so's not gonna be happy with me wearing this because it's not in trend blah 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 blah. all that kind of rubbish because obviously we're going nowhere so you could you know the liberty of your own bedroom you know yeah exactly did you feel like that as well that you kind of came into yourself because of because of COVID-19 um yeah it did help but uh, as I said previously I was kind of always done my own thing not really caring about what other people thought of me but I did get um a bit like down um about what other people thought of me around June June uh, May May and June sorry I forgot what month it came before June <laughs> May and June I was kind of feeling a bit lost I was like um I don't know and then I kind of just stopped caring and I've kind of definitely grown into you know I've really thrown myself into my filmmaking and I've and I've really like not let that become part of me. I've become it like my own person as well as a filmmaker. That's amazing to hear. That's so great. Thank you. So tell me, why did you decide to enter the Fresh Film Festival? Because it seems like such a huge festival, a film festival in Ireland. For those of you who don't know what it is, I will be discussing it later. Uh, but why did you decide to, to enter it? Um, well, I actually entered previously um, with Dear Naomi and a short film called Candid. I don't think Candid didn't make it through the finals, but Dear Naomi made it through the finals and I was thrilled. Um, and I let myself get ahead. I got, I got ahead of myself. I'm not going to lie. I really and my whole family hyped me up. So I was like, I was good. I was like, I kind of believed that I was going to like get something out of it. But I didn't. And I know filmmaking is not about the prize it's about you know the film and I kind of got ahead of myself last year and I and then when I didn't get nominated for anything or I didn't win anything and my whole family was there I just got embarrassed because everyone had such high expectations for me and I uh, I felt really disappointed so I decided to enter this year only to prove to myself to to like you know I, I wasn't going to let one one entry put me off filmmaking forever and um, so I decided to make another film and I was like determined to you know even just get nominated I, I wasn't expecting to win I didn't want anything but like a nomination but here I got third place and I'm like still kind of processing it yeah because and you so deserved it even because it was such like a fantastic film and people who haven't watched it already have to go watch it is there do you have a a YouTube <laughs> youtube channel or instagram that people can go follow yeah i have a youtube and it's just Eva reese it's r-e-e-s not r-e-e-s-e and my instagram is the same it's just Eva reese with no underscores or anything it's just Eva reese well that's great so yeah that's fantastic i hope people Thank go you. follow you there so uh, yeah. what is your your dream in the future do you have a goal that you want to achieve when it comes to filmmaking um yeah well it's um obviously to continue filmmaking and I would love to just continue to make films that are kind of not really made and the representation re representation is not very good at the moment and that's where my film human came in it's I was just so fed up of not seeing like like any kind of diversity whatsoever and it was always kind of I, I really like it didn't make me feel kind of um, seen or anything. And I just want to continue to make people feel heard without making them the whole subject of the film, if that makes sense. Because the amount of like LGBT films I watch, um, which aren't many because there aren't many, their whole the whole problem of the film, the whole the the, the whole like dynamic of the film is their problem and their problem is that they're is that they're queer you know and it's like that is not a good representation because obviously for queer people their whole life is not them being queer it's basically the same as everybody else's and I think the industry needs to cop on with that because it's really not like that at all so that's what I hope to do is to like create representation but not flag them as lgbt films because it's just it i think it annoys me maybe this is like an unpopular opinion but it annoys me 
when you categorized love films and in, then into LGBT love films because they're the same they're the same concept they're just love films they're both love films but with different protagonists and all that so I, I hope to do that but then in the end I hope to win an Oscar that is that is the end goal for me <laughs> an Oscar that'd be amazing and I'm sure you will get that I can't wait to see you up on stage with the acceptance speech and yeah I've I've discussed this before on the show about LGBTQ uh, uh, films and one that comes to mind when you said that is a pro- is the prom and really that's the only one for me that comes to mind that shows uh, a lesbian love story and then there's love victor and love simon for gay love stories but yeah until you mentioned it there i never really thought of the fact that their love stories and you know their sexuality is the main problem yeah like i was watching a film by um it's called book smart and i'm pretty sure the director is olivia wilde and she did such a good job of it because there was a um the protagonist um who happens to like girls she didn't make it her whole problem and she had a best friend who also like uh, who liked guys and they made no big deal of it and it just made me feel like wow it's kind of finally it's about time you know and I only watched this a few weeks ago and I was like wow I'm 17 and I'm only watching this now you know how, how could like it, it could have saved a lot of um you know kind of resentment for, for like it's like because while watching those movies young kids are being told that their main problem in life is if they happen to be queer. It's like, that is your main problem in life. You're not going to have any other struggles but being queer. And it's it's really harming. It's like, no, it's not a problem. No, it's, it's people not. like you that are the problem. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I couldn't say it better myself, Eva, really. You put it so well. Uh, so I suppose I better move on to my final two questions that I ask every interviewee. Uh, what is a quote you live by if you have a quote um yeah I don't know who it's by I think I just like kind of made it up one day and I've just kind of stuck with it um and it's just care less and it's not like it's not to like completely stop caring but it's like to stop caring so much because I I I'm a person that cares a lot about everything and I found that it really kind of kind of stressed me out the whole time and I was like why do I care so much and then when I asked myself that question I couldn't answer it I was like why do I care so much and I'm like I do not know so then I I stopped I I've stopped caring as much as I do and I just care less and like stopping taking life so seriously seriously you know and just like kind of enjoy enjoy it as as it comes you know yeah, that's great. Careless by Eva Rees. I love it. <laughs> and the last <laughs> question uh, I have for you is what is one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation? I hope they take everything away from this conversation because I really enjoyed talking to you today. But if they had to take <laughs> away you. one thing, what, what would it be? Um, well, it's I would personally say to do what you love and then do it with all your energy um but obviously put energy into like you know taking care of yourself and all that but like if you truly love something don't let other people stop you and just pursue it with everything you've got because honestly a year ago and you told me I would be sitting I'd be having three podcasts lined up and I would be a winner I'd be an award-winning filmmaker I wouldn't believe you because I was so downhearted um, but you know what? I never gave up on I made films throughout the pandemic. And look, here I am. So, you know, as cringy as it is, just don't give up. <laughs> oh, Eva, it was so lovely talking today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> of course. I'm so excited to play a song, an original song, I may add, by Orla Donnelly called Passing Phase. Orla is an 18-year-old singer-songwriter from County Mayo. You can go give her a follow on her Instagram page at Orla Donnelly Music if you want to hear some amazing songs by Orla. I will link her music page on my Instagram later on today. I adore this song and I hope you do too. The lyrics are so beautiful. So, here we go. This is Passing Fades, an original song by Orla Donnelly.
My second interview is with Michael Keane. Michael is not only a film director, but an actor, presenter, presenter and a fellow podcaster. <laughs> it is no secret that he has a bright future ahead. He joins me now to talk about his newest short film, COVID Era, the meaning behind it and how lockdown has changed our lives as we know it. Welcome, Michael, to the show. How are you doing? Amelie, thank you so much for having me. This is so unusual for me because I'm used to interviewing people, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can only imagine. New... It'd be weird yeah. for me as well. I can only imagine. So how did your journey as a filmmaker start? So I've always been into cameras, like from a young age. I, I always had like these old camcorders that I could find around the house. So I was always, I don't know, fascinated by cameras. And I just love videoing everything. Like I had video people around the house. If we went somewhere on a holiday, I just, I'd record everything. And then a few years later, I got into editing. So I'd like put all the clips together into like a montage. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I, since a young age, I've just loved recording stuff with camcorders. Well, that's, that's super to get into that in, at, at such a young age, but I'm interested in knowing why did you, what made you want to direct a film about COVID-19? Well, it, it was such a dark time, like, and I wanted to make like a time capsule of how I was feeling so that I could like even a year on because it's been a year now. So yeah. even a year on um, from it, I can look back and be like, whoa, that's a totally different person because I've, I've developed so much as a person and my way of thinking, you know, so it's it's mainly a time capsule. It's a great time capsule, <laughs> one, one that we can all watch, which is really interesting. But you say in the film that we lost everything and that for me is like the strongest line in the film what did you yeah. mean when you when you wrote that well I meant as as a nation like as the whole of Ireland as society because uh, we're just one island you know uh, we we lost everything like we lost our contacts 
uh, we, we weren't able to meet our friends, you know, just give them hugs, if, yeah. you know, uh, it's doing sport, everything, going to school. And, and it was a really isolated, uh, dark time for all of us. I know so many people and, you know, they, they all say the same thing that they just felt lost. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a dark time. And I think as a time capsule, it's great to look back on and reflect and see how much I've developed, but as well, to see how as a nation we've developed because now back then we didn't know much about COVID but now we do and you can totally tell how much we've developed. Definitely even with the vaccine now it's so interesting yes. to to watch every day how how scientists are, are learning new things so a hundred percent. Maybe the next sequel is based on a vaccine you never know. <laughs> oh I'd love a sequel that'd be great. So many people onto me about it. Yeah no definitely it could be a whole series I think because it's just so it's so topical right now. And that's why I wanted to do a podcast on on this in particular, because, you know, instead of doing a podcast about COVID-19, it can be so I know it's really hard. You get fed up of it. Exactly. So just try to have a different uh, edge, different look to it is. Yeah, is is great. But you said earlier about hugging people and how much you missed that. Was that the hardest thing about lockdown for you or what was? Not just hugging, but like just going out, meeting people uh not having to like worry about wearing a mask like if you leave the house your first thing right now is the mask you're like oh my god do i have the mask you know uh, yeah. do, do i need the mask to where i'm going uh public transport you need the mask school you need the mask all day long uh it's just yeah life has changed so much oh a hundred percent couldn't agree with you more uh what was your favorite thing about recording covid era because the whole film is is set on a train which is a very unusual uh set <laughs> can i can i yeah. say that <laughs> yes uh, very unusual and very difficult to shoot uh you know like there are a few movies like the commuter with Liam Neeson and the girl on the train with Emily Blunt and they're shot on yeah. fake trains so I actually had to shoot it on a train because obviously I don't have the budget to <laughs> create a fake train I was but, going um, to ask yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah it was it was really a challenge um because you know you've people on the train well obviously when I back then it was like May or April of 2020 the public transport system was empty so I was able to just utilize that train route and you know it was empty so I didn't get too many stares, but I think it was on the way back. I think I got a few stares from people. They were like, what, what do you have? Because I had this massive tripod and camera and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think 2020 is definitely one to mark off, like just to forget about, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. So happy we're in 2021. Uh, yeah, and it's not looking much better either, to be honest. So 2022 would be no. much better for all of us. Oh, here's hoping. Here's hoping. So what are your hopes for 2022 actually do you have any plans for the future filmmaking wise i know you're acting and you're podcasting as well you're you're very busy yes very busy um the thing with this career is that you can't really predict too much you can't really like put an estimate because everything can change in a heartbeat like you, you could plan a film now but like there might be more restrictions and you'd have to like cancel it all. So you never really know. I think with filmmaking, it's more of like an adventure. So you can do stuff on the spot, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. What do you want to say to somebody who wants to make a film in lockdown, but doesn't know where to start? Start with yourself, start with how you're feeling and then try and write it out or maybe, yeah, just write it out and really get to grips with your brain, like find out what's going on in there and then, try and create a story with that like um like the whole idea behind COVID era is that the boy who takes the train he like he he had COVID so he's like documenting his journey about contracting it getting through it and then reflecting you know um so start with yourself and then put together an idea a character a story whatever um and yeah just it's it's to do with you mainly then physically obviously you need to find somewhere to shoot it I chose the train because I like the idea of taking a train ride and reflecting, you know, yeah. it kind of it pieces together nicely. So, I mean, you can use your house, you could use a field, a forest, forests are really good, actually. Yeah. Um, somewhere scenic. Uh, and a lot of people, they, they don't realize that within their 5K, there is a lot of places to shoot videos. I mean, most estates have parks. Uh, most cities have like, you know um lakes or not lakes like yeah is it lakes yeah I yeah know, locks or yeah <laughs> but yeah. no definitely even personally like I've never discovered so much my local area because yeah. the 5k I've just 
clicked on Google Maps and just pressed a random location and just walked, <laughs> do you know, kind of way. Yeah. And yeah, I've definitely I've discovered a lot in my in my local area. So one of the joys of lockdown. The joys of lockdown. Um, definitely loads of time to make movies, loads of time to surf the web. <laughs> just really, you know, like dive into your own hobby. I know people who love art, so they love painting. They've spent a the whole lockdown painting, doing portraits, whatever. Uh, same with, with photographers. They're just taking portraits of like their family or their dogs or whatever. Um, people who are into soccer, they can practice and perfect their skill. And then obviously filmmakers, we can really just make our own movies and put more time into it because with school as well, being online, you get more time. Exactly. I think you're, you become more creative as well when you don't. Yes. We're less busy, I find, and we just become more more creative but tell me before I believe it was before lockdown you played Killian in an award-winning Irish short film called Gosja I, I hope I'm saying that correctly you are, what, you are. <laughs> uh, how was your experience making an Irish film wow so let me tell you all about that um that was actually shot in November of 2020 so it was actually after the first lockdown but it was before this one yeah yeah um so me and my friend Jenny Bell like she's into filmmaking too and she lives near me we were we always like we wanted to make a movie and you know we were thinking about okay what if we do it in Irish like to, just for the added challenge you know yeah because people in Ireland love Irish movies I don't know why but um yeah they tend to do much better as well so we were like thinking okay we can put together a script a uh, story in Irish but give it like a modern twist so it was all based on not tiktok but like some modern app that was going around in the village whatever yeah. and the app would set dares so they would do the dares and they'd get followers and fame or whatever and it, it goes so far until something bad happens and then it's irreversible yeah and i and i watched it as well and as somebody who i i enjoy languages i i, I love learning something new i've literally thrown myself into podcasting these past couple of weeks because just for the challenge just to to try something new the challenge i love the challenge and it's that idea like thrill seekers yeah it's like you don't know if it's going to work or not but you just take the risk anyway you know exactly but i love the experience of of going on that risk and it's it's exhilarating it's really exciting because you never know what's oh. going to happen and it's so rewarding, not 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 in terms of money, but like out of satisfaction, you really creatively feel that you've gained something from it, whether it's learning or whatever. Um, but with the Irish film, it was just it was it was great because, you know, we had so much fun doing it. We had to swim in the ocean. I think it was the first of December or something when we shot the last scene. And oh it was gosh. actually a segment in the ocean. I don't know if you've seen it. You to like we had to jump into the ocean from the wall. Yeah. I saw that bit and I was hoping you had filmed it in the summer. That's <laughs> why I said no, before no, no. lockdown. Oh <laughs> yeah. gosh. Wow. That scene was really tricky. Uh, I think we started at four because we had to shoot a scene of like robbing the wetsuits and then we had to like get the scene of the mother coming down in the car when she was like driving and mm. it was actually it was getting it was turning dark really quickly so we had to piece it together in the right way but it worked out in the end yeah it worked yeah well congratulations on it and I wish you all the best with Thank with you your so award much. for that one but as well we were just earlier talking about challenges and you are currently a co-host of a podcast called Viral Convo. I have been listening to it and it's it's fantastic. <laughs> it's really, really good. You've interested some you've interviewed, excuse me, some amazing people so far. How did you get involved in that? Thank you so much. Well, I have two friends, Greta Thornton and Kevin Meggs. Kevin is a filmmaker and Greta's a YouTuber, but she's also a video creator. And she loves like just filming and recording stuff in general. So I approached them. I was like, look, why don't we collab and make something? And then we were thinking, we were like, we could do a podcast. So we created the viral combo and we made out a list. And in that list, we had like kind of goals of like guests that we could get. And we actually managed to get all of them. So we had like the Irish TikTok dancing lads and the Cordia group. They're yeah. huge. And we managed to get them. Yeah. And we also had a few like actors like from the Southwesterlies and a few different people. Uh, we had loads of people on um, yeah and it's just it, it's been it's been such an, a like a journey because we've been able to meet so many different people and the whole idea behind it is that we have different faces on like from all over Ireland yeah yeah that's amazing that you've been able to get so many I've listened to a good few of them now and yeah, yeah it's just amazing the people who've been managed favorites? to get on oh my favorites um 
the recent one you did. Um, okay. I forget yeah. her name, but about uh, the girl Roshi. and she, yeah, she yeah. she left school. She started yeah. her own business. So Amazing tough, so story. Tough. Yeah, it's so tough as well because I mean, when you're interviewing people like that, it's you have to really make sure that you're not like because people can be sensitive so you need to control yourself you need to be aware of what they can dive into and whatnot so we with the racism topic we had to kind of like make sure that we didn't fall into one side or you know what i mean yeah. oh exactly listen i've <laughs> i've been learning uh that interviewing is not the it's not the easiest thing in the world um and yeah podcasting is definitely a challenge so listen i wish you all the best with with that and yeah i will continue listening because it is a great podcast Thank you so much. I, we really do appreciate it, honestly. <laughs> of course. But what is your favorite thing to do? Actually, I'm interested. Is it podcasting, acting, directing? Do you have a favorite? I like, it's kind of, ooh, I like a bit of everything. I don't like doing too much of one thing mm-hmm. uh, because it's good to like do a mix of like, if you, let's say on one week, you're going to do one day of shooting, one day of podcast, one day of, uh, I don't know, I don't know Act, acting photography some, yeah, yeah acting yeah uh, they like yeah if you mix it up um it works um and it's good to mix it up because that way you're not stuck in one thing I, I feel like if you do one thing for too long like if you focus on one edit let's say if you're editing one podcast episode and the audio is messy and you need to fix it and if you spend like four hours doing it and you're getting nowhere you, it's better to just leave it and then come back another day so by just like limiting your time on each thing it's good because you kind of I don't know, it's the best support world, it's really. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely learned to be more creative in lockdown. Yeah, like we said earlier, it's just been a create a great time to be creative. Oh, definitely. And I get you've like, yeah, with the likes of online school, it, it, the time you save commuting to and from school, uh, the time wasted in school when you're not in classes, you just you gain so much time, I think, for your own self. And even now with the Easter holidays, it gives us time to write new scripts or whatever, you know? Exactly, exactly. So Actually, I just saw on your Instagram page today that you were interviewed by Ellen DeGeneres. And I have to say, <laughs> I was absolutely amazed for you. I mean, that is such, that's amazing. And I was so shocked that you actually agreed to come on my podcast because you were on the Ellen DeGeneres well, show. No. So I know. a big just... thank you for that, because I feel, <laughs> I feel honored that you, that you came on to this. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. It was you know what like Ellen has this thing on her show where she has the game of games and she gets like part it's like an international guest like from each country so Mm -hmm. I was representing Ireland so I had to have like an Irish flag and then like we were like placed on tv monitors because we couldn't be in the studio and she had like tv monitors all around her like she had Jennifer Garner here but she had she was there so I was literally like right there in front it was crazy and when you're when you're on the zoom they play the episode through so you're actually seeing it in real time and I, I was just seeing myself wow. there the first <laughs> well congratulations on that again that's that's amazing so I suppose final two questions before I let you go um, and I ask these to everybody that I interview what is a quote that you live by Ooh, a quote okay uh those who can't do teach because a lot of the teachers in in my school um you like you you listen to the things that they're saying in class and you're like I don't know it's 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 clear to me that they don't know much about life I don't know when they're teaching a subject it's like all they know is what's in the book and that's it you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so obviously I don't know like there's this guy who used to do film studies in my school and I was like thinking this guy like he could be a film director in Hollywood or he could be in at the IFTA as well like he's I don't know he's just at, at a school teaching TY students like I mean I don't know I feel like if you really can't do it, then your only option is to go and teach it. Is that true? I don't know. But I like that quote. That's a good question. And it's a good quote too. Uh, and my last question for you is, what is one thing you want people to take away from our conversation here today? I want more people to make movies. That's the main thing. Uh, I, you know, I meet a lot of people and they go back and forth overthinking about making movies. And I just say to them, like, just go and do it. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of people, they just overthink too much and they, they spend months like thinking, oh, should I do what? What would this person think? You know, whatever. Uh, it's important to just go and do it, you know. So my main thing for people to take away is that you need to believe in yourself. You need to be confident and just don't worry about what other people think. 
Well, that's fantastic. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. The next song I'm going to play is by an Irish rock band called The Master Plan, also from County Mayo. They've written their own song called Katie Blue, which is super in my opinion. <laughs> the band is made up of Kieran Reddy, James Kennedy, Craig Whelan and Edward Fair. The lads are really passionate about their music and you can certainly tell from listening to their songs. If you want to hear more from them, you can follow them on their Instagram page at The Master Plan Official. I will also be linking their page on my Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast later on today. I hope you enjoy. This is Katie Blue by The Master Plan. Certainly not least, I warmly welcome 19-year-old film director Liam Boland. He has written films about the complications of human relationships, and I chat with him today about his short film, Distance, the story of a budding teen relationship during COVID-19 and how coronavirus has affected teenagers' lives today. Not to mention the completion of his feature film, Lent Film Scripts, which is amazing. Liam, it is a pleasure to talk to you today. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm uh, really pleased to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. So I suppose my first question would be on your Instagram bio, you you say that you make films about personal relationships. And why do you make films like that? Well, I find that when I watch films, it's the characters and their relationships with one another that I connect to the most. Mm -hmm. I just like writing about personal relationships because um because they're the most fun to write about i think and a lot of like funny moments or dramatic moments can come out of the interactions between characters and 
I I was never one for writing too much plot, and uh, I like I just like to focus on characters really. Well, that's great, and I I can definitely tell by your films that you do focus on characters as well. You've worked on an astonishing twenty one films over the past five years. Has that? That's absolutely astonishing. So, what is it about filmmaking that you love the most? I would definitely say writing and directing. Mm-hmm. and most importantly working with people uh i think i'm kind of a people's person and the more i um get to know the characters or get to know the actors and uh, the filmmakers i work with the more i feel myself um connecting or feeling connected to a certain project yeah um so that's what i love about filmmaking the most but um yeah, any project where I work with other people is just a really fun experience. And uh, yeah. That's super. So tell me, how did you come up with the concept for the short film Distance? Because I've seen the trailer for it and it's really unusual. It focuses on what we are all going through at the moment. But what made you want to write a film about about that? So um I was going mad not being able to write a story that I could film in uh, 2020 and 2021. So I knew that if I wanted to make a film, I would have to, um, I would have to incorporate social distancing into the script somehow. Yeah. Um, it was almost impossible to make a film without mentioning the pandemic. So what I did is I put the pandemic at the center of the story and it worked really well, I think, because um, the actors were able to social distance at all time. And um, the reason I cho- chose to focus on a relationship, a romantic relationship, is because um, I had never done it before. And it kind of seems like a weird year to start um, or like uh, write my first film that focuses solely on a romance um but i said why not uh once i thought of the idea um about like the social distancing and how the pandemic would be a really strong source of conflict for the characters and obviously it had never been done before with covid yeah so all those things made me really want to make this in the first place well that's that's amazing but tell me what was your favorite thing about recording distance was there a particular moment that you just loved hmm um well kind of getting to know the actors um one of them was a classmate of mine in um Bali Firmina College for their education and the other was his girlfriend actually um oh so that's perfect so (laughs) no yeah they're in the same bubble so although I was worried about social distancing I didn't have to worry about it as much yeah um but yeah in terms of the film uh there's no particular moment that i like the best i like certain shots because um i had never thought about like the the type of shots i wanted to get exactly before um there's shots in the film that are in that I actually recorded in slow motion that I didn't know how to do before. I um, did a lot of close-ups and a lot of um, shots from underneath or from above. Um, so there, yeah, there are many moments that I like in the film, but I really couldn't pick one to be my favorite. Yeah. So you're saying the two actors in the film are actually in a relationship, which is great casting, by the way. I <laughs> was perfect so tell me do you actually think that teenagers rem- relationships be it it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be romantic but do you think they've struggled over the past year because of COVID yeah definitely I think whether you're in a romantic relationship or just a friendship or even just um like your relationships with your family I think everyone has suffered or struggled to maintain relationships um but yeah especially with romantic relationships because you're you really want to feel <laughs> connected to these to yeah. these people or to this person and uh, also you're not not really able to so 
yeah it's definitely been a struggle but I don't know too many people who are in relationships besides <laughs> the couple <laughs> yeah um so yeah unless you're in the same bubble as your um your girlfriend or boyfriend yeah it can certainly be hard and it can feel lonely um but yeah hopefully with the <laughs> vaccines on the way oh. all of that will uh, be fixed shortly pray to god that's the hope for us all i miss hugs i miss hugging people it's it's what i, I miss the most and doing yeah, interviews in person because when i when i came up with this idea i thought you know by we're doing this in march so i thought definitely by march i'll be able to you know go visit people and i'm doing online unfortunately so yeah i i yeah, definitely that must not have been the best no <laughs> so tell me liam um what are your hopes for the future in be it your filmmaking career or your writing or whatever yeah that, that's a funny one because the only real goal i have for the future is to get into um a different college next year because this year was only a plc um so i want to go to dunleary do a four-year course there they have a really good film course there yes and uh, then after that <laughs> i just want to make films i don't uh there's going to be a lot of short films there's going to probably be a few future films i don't know who i'll work for or who i want to work for but as long as i'm making any type of film or video content in the future um that'll be great and yeah. they'll be really happy congratulations on completing your feature film script by the way and you. can you tell me how did it feel having completed what was that because I saw on your YouTube channel the excitement on your face it was just it was electric so how how did it feel to just have it completed it felt really good um because I had been trying to write the first draft for the previous uh seven months so it took me from thinking of the idea um then seven months of um like planning, writing down ideas, reading different script writing books, uh, to actually getting the first draft done. And um, obviously it is only the first draft, but just to have completed a draft uh, in the first place was a huge step for me. I wanted to do something like that uh, for a lot of years. When I was in TY, I tried to write a few feature films, never got to the first uh, draft. I never completed the first draft of any of them. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big achievement. I was really excited, but uh, there is definitely uh, room to improve in my script. And uh, like, I, I wonder how many months it'll take now to get the second, third, fourth draft. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a bit about it or is it still under wraps? No, no, I can tell you about it. So um it follows it follows the sixth year um that's very pessimistic about his future and just wants to uh kind of make the most out of um out of his time in secondary school out of his time that he has left with his close friends before everyone goes their separate ways into the world and um he is very if he has a lot of pressure on him from his parents, from his teachers, just to do well. And he doesn't even know what he wants to do really next year. Um, so then there's so many uncertainties in his life that he narrows it down and decides to focus on one, which is who will he ask to Debs? So it's actually, uh, he it's pretty much a, a romance story, although it, it, um, goes into like the different aspects and pressures that a, like a six-year would have and how leaving school can be a positive or negative experience for people and some of it is based on my experiences uh, as a six-year last year but a lot of it is made up as well um so yeah i, I hope people in six year in school or people who've graduated secondary school uh, relate to it in some way. And uh, it just turns out to be a good, heartwarming story. It That's... sounds like an amazing story. I can't wait to watch this on the big screen. I'm so excited. 
yeah it sounds like it definitely sounds like a film that people will be able to to relate to I know I'm definitely going to be able to relate to to be able to relate to that so tell me what would you say to someone who is struggling to come up with a concept for a short film or even a feature film because like you said you like to focus on personal relationships that's kind of your your motive I'm I think it's fair to say so what would you be able to what can you say to somebody who hasn't quite found their their genre yes they're right reasons to to write well I would tell them to take inspiration from anywhere just keep an eye out for it because there are so many times where I would just be I don't know watching tv or just talking to my friends out and about and I just hear um I just hear people talk or um I see something that just inspires me to uh, um, to write about this idea. Um, I think inspiration is everywhere. You just have to keep an eye out for it. And if you're still struggling after that, I would say try and imagine yourself in different situations. Try and um, put yourself in a completely different situation. Some of my ideas have came from me thinking of how events in my life could have gone differently mm-hmm. and then I, I write stories about those it hasn't happened too often yet um but i but i keep a storybook um like i keep a, a notebook where i write down all my ideas for stories so maybe doing that as well um but yeah just just thinking uh of how you would act in a certain situation or um or what kind of different situations could happen to you um, would be a really good start, I think. Uh, just ideas can come from anywhere. So really just make something, even if you think it's not good, just do it. A start is a start and no one's expecting you to make an amazing story right away. So yeah, any one of those things really. That's fantastic advice. I will definitely be taking some of that on board. That's brilliant. So. Last, I always ask these final two questions to everyone I interview, Liam. So my first one is, what is a quote you live by? Well, there's one quote that I really like. It's by Calvin Coolidge. I think he was a US president a long, long time ago. Um, I'll read it out. It's, he says, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful talent. Genius will not, unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not, the world is full of educated failures. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. And I think that is so true because I have a good few friends that will be very passionate about film, but will never make films. Um, So making films and trying to distribute them is the best way of like getting noticed and obviously if you're not working um then you won't get noticed yeah so really being persistent persistent and determined and determined like uh calvin coolidge says i think is the best way to get yourself out there and uh, just be successful overall that's a great one i like that one i haven't heard that one before it's really good and the last one the last question is what is something you want people to take away from our conversation here today well I would hope that they just go out and make something <laughs> if they're I mean if they're a filmmaker or if they're someone creative that likes to uh, do things or likes a certain uh, thing but um, yeah I, I think it's important to keep yourself working. I think it's important for your mental health, especially during these times. Um, but yeah, if you are a filmmaker, then just make a film, even if you don't think it's as good as you would hope. Um, like there's always room to improve in the future, but you have to focus on the net on the now. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, just you don't you don't always have to be motivated to do things you can just um, make yourself do things and eventually you'll get the hang 
all of uh, one, <laughs> wanting to do something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, if you take any one of those things away, I'd be really happy. Well, that's super. Liam, do you want to give a few of your social medias a shout out there? Sure. Thank <laughs> you. Um, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, my handle is bolandli.am underscore film. Or if you'd like to follow my YouTube channel, it's just called Liam Boland. So um, yeah, any either of those things would be really appreciated. Liam, it was so lovely talking to you today. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. your time to talk to me. You too. Thanks so much, Lynn. So you've heard a lot about the Fresh Film Festival in this episode. For those who don't know what it is, the Fresh Film Festival was founded in 1997 in Ireland. They empower and encourage young filmmakers and artists every year to create a short film. In the years since, the festival has grown to host three main categories. Junior Filmmaker of the Year, Senior Filmmaker of the Year and International Young Filmmaker of the Year. There are also different categories within the competition such as Performance of the Year, which the film A Guide to the End of the World actress Emma O'Leary was nominated for, Highly Commended Cinematography, which Distanced by Liam Boland was nominated for, and the Highly Commended Director, which Covid Era by Michael Keane was nominated for, and so many others. You can watch this year's awards on the Fresh Film Festival website, freshfilmfestival.com, which I will share on my Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast later today. I would also like to say congratulations to this year's Young Filmmaker of the Year, Ella Nendrakoth. Also, a big congratulations to Max Henderson, who won second place. And of course, the wonderful Aoife Reese, who came third place and who I interviewed earlier on in this uh, episode today for winning the Irish Young Filmmakers of the Year. And of course, a big congratulations to everybody who was nominated for the Fresh Film Festival because it's such an amazing, it's an amazing competition. I watched it this year live on YouTube. I have, I watched it last year as well. And every year it just ceases to amaze me the talent that young filmmakers in Ireland have. So a big congratulations to everybody involved and I cannot wait to see next year's <laughs> short films already. I'm so excited. So yes, you can go check out the Fresh Film Festival pages, which will be linked on my own Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast. If you also want to go give Liam, Michael and Aoife a follow on Instagram, their pages will also be linked on my Instagram page. So go check them out. Go give them all a follow because... It's an amazing organization, amazing people. And yeah, congratulations again to everyone involved. And that is it. That's the end of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it and took something away from my conversation with Aoife, Michael and Liam. Keep safe, everybody. And I'll be back soon with another podcast of Talk About It. Thank you.